be navigating middle fossa and cavernous sinus. So we're moving off of the anterior fossa back to the middle fossa. And we saw this this morning. We can, we'll be peeling up the dura on the middle fossa here, taking off the clinoid, exposing the third nerve and the oculomotor triangle. As we peel this dura, we see the greater petrosal nerve. We can follow it back to the geniculate ganglion and even down to the internal acoustic meatus. We want to stay out of the cochlea in this area at the cochlear angle between the labyrinthine segment and the greater petrosal nerve if we're going to preserve hearing. And then we'll have the opportunity, if you drill the bone along the floor, you see what fossa? Temporal, infratemporal, you open anteromedial and anterolateral triangle and you're into sphenoid sinus. And in the area behind the greater petrosal nerve, we call that what triangle? Kawazis or posterior medial, and in that triangle, we'll be drilling out petrous apex to do an exposure down to the side of the clivus, and we can drill out the internal acoustic meatus, but we always want to save the cochlea in the cochlear angle. And this is just a blow up of the anterior petrosectomy and the approach to the internal acoustic meatus. And here we've elevated the ganglion out of the middle fossa and we see greater petrosal nerve become vidian nerve. What is this ligament? Petrolingual. And this ligament passing above the sixth nerve? Gruber's ligament. This is sixth nerve coming under that ligament in Dorello's canal. And just a view again of Dorello's canal. And here the greater petrosal being joined by the deep petrosal from the carotid plexus running forward as median nerve. Sixth nerve always runs on the medial side of the first trigeminal division. Oftentimes when the sinus is peeled up and this area exposed, people say, where is the sixth nerve? Well, if you depress V1, you see the sixth nerve here at the back of Parkinson's triangle below the fourth nerve coming through Dorello's canal and passing forward on the medial side of V1. So that here we've just peeled up the dura. Meckel's cave here comes forward to about the level of the trigeminal ganglion. Here we see the oculomotor nerve and it's in the oculomotor cistern that extends forward to about the tip of the clinoid process, and we opened Meckel's cave, this arachnoid cavern, 
it extends forward to about the level of the mid part of the ganglion. Only V1 up here faces the cavernous sinus. This part of the ganglion and Meckel's cave is really middle fossa. It's in the middle fossa triangles. And uh, here we've removed the arachnoid. We see the nerves entering superior orbital fissure. Three, four comes forward and then turns medially across the top of, of third division under the clinoid, V1. And this is a little bit of six that's come forward along the medial side of V1, V2, V3. Um, and here we see the sixth nerve coming through Dorello's canal under the petrosphenoid or Gruber's ligament. And if you look medial to the sensory part of the trigeminal nerve, you see the motor root that passes forward and enters the anteromedial side of foramen ovale. So that, and here we see we've opened anteromedial and anterolateral triangle to expose the sphenoid sinus. Uh, and here is just the overview of all of these triangles, clinoidal, oculomotor, supratrochlear, infratrochlear, anteromedial, anterolateral, glasscocks, kawazis. And you can look at this area from above, and here we see the clinoidal triangle and the triangular oculomotor triangle from anterior clinoid to posterior clinoid over to petrous apex. And we see the sixth nerve, as said, enters cavernous sinus from the back, passes through the upper part of the inferior petrosal sinus, and that explains the sixth nerve palsies or parases that we see after sampling blood from the, with a catheter from the inferior petrosal sinus. This is the area of those triangles that we were talking about on the back of the cavernous sinus. And just a, a view, we've opened the clinoidal triangle, the oculomotor triangle, uh, sixth nerve in Borella's canal. Uh, oftentimes these carotids bulge into and indent the lateral side of the pituitary. And usually when you look from above, you don't see the posterior lobe. It's set here below the dorsum in the concave side of the dorsum, uh, we see the inferior hypophyseal arteries. Now we're going to move into that back part of middle fossa and how many parts to temporal bone? Anyone? What part of temporal bone is this? 
forms floor of middle fossa, lateral wall of middle fossa. Anyone? Squamosal part. Posteriorly is mastoid part, petrous part medially. Tympanic part here forms the back wall of the condylar fossa and the lower and anterior margin of the external canal. And the fifth part is the styloid part. We'll talk more about this tomorrow, but uh, all of you have had a little introduction to this. Uh, we're looking at floor of middle fossa with Pialadura back to the petrous ridge. Where is the cochlea? B. Everyone. At B here, in back of the greater petrosal nerve, just distal to where it exits the geniculate ganglion. Now, cistern, meatal, and then from fundus to geniculate ganglion, what segment of facial nerve? Labyrinthine. And distal to that is, is tympanic segment. Now, where are you going to drill if you're coming through the mastoid from lateral to open the superior vestibular area, the fundus of the meatus? Where do you drill? At A, we said they, all the canals, the three, have an ampulated and a non-ampulated end, and the ampulated end of the superior and lateral canal is anterior, and so when you drill through this area, you'll expose superior vestibular area when you're coming through the labyrinth and inferior vestibular area, you're going to drill at the lower end of the posterior canal at D to expose inferior vestibular area. And the common cruise is going to be located at, at B here, where the back end of the superior and the up end of the posterior canal join. So as we look at middle fossa, medially you have trigeminal impression and then it rises up to a prominence that we call the trigeminal prominence and then it sinks down again into a depression above the internal acoustic meatus. We call this the meatal depression and then it rises up at the arcuate eminence, and lateral to the arcuate eminence is this paper-thin bone that we call the tegmen, and it roofs the external canal, the tympanic cavity, and the mastoid antrum all set below this paper-thin bone that is the most common side of spontaneous or post-mastoid leaks into the middle ear. And here we see the greater petrosal nerve and under it is the carotid artery. Usually the carotid 
lateral to the trigeminal nerve is covered by bone, but in about 15% of cases, there will be a dehiscence of bone over the carotid artery lateral to the trigeminal nerve. So now we've drilled out the, uh, the middle fossa. We see the mastoid, the external canal, tympanic cavity, internal acoustic meatus, and the area along the carotid. And is the cochlea going to set at A or B? It's going to be at B. So a way of thinking about this area is to think about it as what I call the rule of Y. External canal is one limb, internal canal the second limb, and the eustachian tube is the third limb. And along this anterior limb of the letter Y is this structure, which is the, anyone? In the roof of the eustachian tube, nestled up right against the carotid, separated from the carotid by a little thin shell of bone is the tensor tympani, innervated by the facial nerve. Yes? No. Five. Five innervates the tensor tympani. So you have tensor tympani, eustachian tube, greater petrosal, and carotid all oriented along that anterior limb of the letter Y. Setting at the junction of the three limbs is the tympanic cavity, incus, malleus, stapes, here in the tympanic cavity, and then also wrapped around the, these, the junction of the three limbs is the cochlea, and the vestibule into which the semicircular canals open at this junction. So here we're looking at the junctional area, superior, lateral, posterior canal, tympanic cavity, tensor tympani. Is cochlea going to be at A or B? It's going to be at B and this is facial, this is superior vestibular, inferior vestibular. Uh, and here we see the cochlea. The basal turn sets in this cochlear angle. The middle turn, the apical turn, comes forward under the greater petrosal nerve as nestled right against the back of the tensor tympani. Uh, so, and coming through the middle fossa, you can drill out three approaches. One goes to the internal acoustic meatus that's hidden here behind the superior canal. The second comes through the petrous apex under the trigeminal nerve down to the side of the inferior petrosal sinus, adjacent to where the sixth nerve 
passes through Dorello's Canal, and when you're drilling medially through the Petrus Apex, it's easy to have spread of heat to the sixth nerve. I've seen a number of transient sixth nerve palsies from spread of heat to that nerve at the medial part of the anterior petrosectomy. The third approach through you, you can take through the middle fossa is an extended middle fossa approach where you can expose and drill out the labyrinth to get into the posterior fossa. So here we're just looking now at uh, the facial nerve, geniculate ganglion, greater petrosal, cochlea setting in the cochlear angle and behind is the vestibule into which the three canals open. And if you're going to the internal acoustic meatus through the middle fossa, the drilling is very tight at the fundus of the meatus. If you get a millimeter off target and drilling out over the labyrinthine segment, you get into the cochlea or the vestibule, uh, and hearing is lost, and usually in these approaches they're designed to preserve hearing. And here between the facial and superior vestibular is the Bill's Bar, the vertical crest named for Bill House, who uh, introduced this middle fossa approach. Now, if you look at the area of the porous of the meatus, there's lots of room over the nerves at the porous. It's very tight at the fundus so that uh, when we drill out the internal acoustic meatus, we start today, well, in the past, they followed the greater petrosal to the labyrinthine segment, very tight drilling, easy to enter the cochlea, and then work toward the porous but today we've learned it's best to work from the porous to the fundus of the meatus that there's lots of room around the nerves back here below the petrous ridge, but here at the fundus, the geniculate ganglion is just below the floor of the middle fossa. Sometimes it's even exposed in the floor of the middle fossa but to get to the nerves in the porous, there's quite a thickness of bone below the petrous ridge so that when you begin drilling at the petrous ridge above the porous, you have to go through a lot of bone to get down to the dura around the nerves at the porous, but then as you work toward the fundus to expose the meatus, you're coming progressively more superficial, and the labyrinthine segment is just below the floor of the middle fossa. So that if we look from the back at this temporal bone, what is this depression? Trigeminal, and this is trigeminal prominence meatal depression above the internal acoustic meatus, 
and then arcuate eminence, and this area is tagman. So at surgery, we're usually elevating this dura and looking at it upside down. And here we see the greater petrosal, Kawazi's triangle, trigeminal depression, uh, trigeminal prominence, meatal depression, arcuate eminence. But if you look at the external canal here and sight down it, that's going to be almost directly in a line with the internal acoustic meatus. The other way of citing how to drill out the internal acoustic meatus is to take and create an angle between the greater petrosal and the arcuate eminence. That angle is usually about 120 degrees and then you bisect that angle and you lock the retractor on top of the Petrus Ridge and you begin drilling here above the porous, which is deep but wide with lots of rooms around the nerves to the fundus where if the nerve is going to be very superficial but the drilling is going to be very tight. So we've drilled now from porous to fundus. We see here what segment? Labyrinthine segment. And uh, so that we can drill three approaches, one through the petrous apex, one to the internal acoustic meatus, the other drill out the labyrinth and do an extended middle fossa approach. So here we've now drilled out medial to the meatus, the anterior petrosectomy approach, down to the clivus and the inferior petrosal sinus. We see the ica, the sixth nerve medially, and the anterior petrosectomy approach. This is what nerve? Passes under. Grover's ligament, that's six. Fourth, third nerve. Running above it. Pecom. Superior cerebellar artery, ICA. So you want to have all of these relationships. So now you can expose this area of the middle fossa through an OZ for just going to the uh, middle fossa approach to the meatus or the anterior petrosectomy. We can do a temporal craniotomy centered above the posterior root of the zygoma. We elevate the dura and here we see greater petrosal. Now, when we're exposing the, the triangles in the cavernous sinus, we peel this dura backwards, but if you're peeling from front to back at the greater petrosal, it's easy to get under the nerve and a full set. 
So when we want to expose this area and the greater petrosal, we get in posteriorly, we elevate this dura forward, and usually that dura peels up off of the greater petrosal nerve, and in about 16% of cases, lateral to the trigeminal, we see the geniculate ganglion exposed under the dura in the floor of the middle fossa. And not only is the ganglion exposed, but you see some of the, what segment? <coughs> Labyrinthine, and here, tympanic segment exposed under the dura. So you wanna be very careful in this area. If you're going to do just an approach to the internal acoustic meatus, you can often save the middle meningeal artery, which does send some blood supply to the facial nerve. Uh, but for drilling out the anterior petrosectomy, we usually need to sacrifice the middle meningeal artery. And so the two most common approaches that we take to this area are either the approach to the internal acoustic meatus, bisecting this angle between the greater petrosal and arcuate eminence that overlies the superior canal, and we begin drilling at the petrous ridge and work toward the fundus. For the anterior petrosectomy, we drill medially under the trigeminal nerve down to the side of the clivus. And here we've opened the meatus working from porous to fundus, and this is what nerve? Facial, cochlear, intermedius that could be made up as many as four bundles superior vestibular, inferior vestibular. Okay, well everyone passes that course. And this just shows you at the fundus how close the cochlea and the vestibule are. Facial nerve, superior vestibular, cochlear, inferior vestibular. And this is Bill's bar. And this is transverse crest at the fundus. So the anterior petrosectomy approach, we drill medially to the porous behind the greater petrosal nerve. The carotid, if you drill this bone, you'll find it just under the, the greater petrosal nerve. You drill under the superior petrosal sinus, down under the third trigeminal division to the side of the clivus, along the inferior petrosal sinus. And then you open the temporal dura and divide the superior petrosal sinus, uh, and then you divide the tent. So the approach looks something like this. You open the temporal dura and elevate the temporal lobe, always taking care to preserve lumbae. And then we divide the tent, taking care to preserve the fourth nerve at the medial edge.
and it gives you this approach to the anterolateral brain stem. Uh, you have exposure above and below the trigeminal nerve, and it delivers you down to the side of the basilar artery. So some surgeons, if they're going to go to a low basilar bifurcation, do transcavernous approach through the clinoidal and oculomotor triangle, and others do an anterior petrosectomy that opens up this area between the pons and the clivus to reach a low basilar bifurcation. And what nerve is this? Sixth nerve passing below Gerber's ligament. So this is just another one of these exposures of internal acoustic meatus, facial nerve, the labyrinthine segment, tympanic segment, greater petrosal nerve, the cochlea. I'll even buy three cups of coffee tomorrow <laughs> at breakfast for anyone that can expose the basal turn, the middle turn, and the apical turn of the cochlea in this cochlear angle. So that's a 3D tour through the middle fossa. Uh, thank you.